0: You're never going to heal the fear of speaking out if it's just you alone in your room, doing your meditations. It happens through communion. It happens through stepping up to being in circle, to using your voice, to speaking out and realizing if you're in a really nice, beautiful community that is held in a high frequency, realizing that you're actually celebrated when you do that. You're not persecuted, you're celebrated. Because that is today. That is possible today. Our ancestors did kick-ass work already. And now it's up to us to do the deeper layers, to heal the deeper layers and to thrive. Because then we really give gratitude to our brave, brave, brave grandmothers that have already done so much work, right? And we say thank you to them by being even more spectacular hello everyone and welcome to the cyclical living podcast a podcast that will inspire and empower you to live your full cyclical soulful life i am sarah dusalara founder of the wild rose mystery school a place dedicated to reawakening the wild cyclical ways of our earth body and soul enjoy this episode my love Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Cyclical Living Podcast and today's episode is a solo one where it's with me and I will take you deep into the ancient mystery, the healing mystery thread of the wise women, the healers, the medicine woman the priestesses who held the knowledge and the love of supporting their community with high-frequency herbal medicine and other sacred healing tools. And in this very potent episode, I will take you into some of these mysteries and help you to activate them within you because this really is my intention for this episode is to help tug at those pieces, those little codes within you that exist within you because this feminine lineage of healers, it is so, so ancient and it is right now waking up from its slumber, coming back out of the underworld and so my intention is that it's received by you my dear sister who has this healing code within her and how do I know that you have that healing code within you because you clicked on this episode because the title opening up to your healer priestess channel that title was enough for you to say like "Mm, I want to know more that makes me certain that you have these codes within you. Otherwise you wouldn't be here, you wouldn't be receiving this transmission. So let's buckle up, let's dive in, are you ready? (laughs) In today's uh, episode, I will speak to you about first um, this ancient lineage, right? This ancient lineage of feminine healers, wise woman, priestess, Um, healers right and I will speak a little bit about that that so that we can trace it and have a bit more awareness about it where it comes from how old it is and then we're also going to look a little bit about um, to the times of the witch burnings the medieval times or the dark ages as we know as well because of course what happened there with burning Many of the wise women, the priestesses, the healers, that still has so much effect on us. And even to this day, after all the work I've done to transmute that fear, I still get chills every time I speak about it. Because collectively, we are healing it right now. You as well. And I will speak to how we can transmute it and heal it. And then, last part of this potent episode will be about how to open up your healing channel, how to open up that feminine. Healing wisdom and fully reclaim it in the here, in the now, activate it within you. Um, hopefully, in this transmission, or by the end of the transmission, a part of you at least will be woken up and activated, or at least that is my not so humble intention, <laughs> but very heartfelt intention, right? So, we don't need to be humble if it comes from a pure heart. <laughs> Actually, that is humble, so it's like a nice magical paradox there <laughs> all right so before we're diving in um oh right uh, at the end so like the the last part where we're going to speak about the feminine priestess healer um we're going to speak about how to co-create with The magic of the plants right and how to really do it from a state of humbleness actually is the right word um so i felt like there was something with that word humble well with that humility we can work with the plants and really be that spokesperson for these incredible healing allies right and strengthening allies because we don't need to be sick to work with plants right they make us thrive as well and that's why I am drinking Rhett Clover right now. Um, as I'm recording a podcast, I always like to keep my voice um, nicely and smooth with some water uh, or herbal tea. And today I'm drinking Rhett Clover tea. Um, it's an iced tea I make myself, no added sugar, just tea um, that we drink. And actually, the herbs are pretty sweet themselves, or a lot of them, Rhett Clover. It's a pretty sweet herb, so it's like a delicious iced tea for um, summer. And I know that the ones who are schooled in traditional Chinese medicine will say like, oh my God, you're drinking cold tea. That's like the biggest, oh no, no. And I will say, (laughs) chillax, I'm out of the womb cave. I'm in my maiden phase of my cycle, so a little cold will not hurt me right now. And so for those who are like, what is she saying? If you are bleeding, it's indeed not such a good idea to drink some cold stuff. But if you're, if it's hot, it's summer, and you want a cold beverage, and you're not bleeding, go for it, right? Enjoy it. <laughs> that was a little side note. That was not part of the, the transmission, or maybe it was. It was Rhett Clover that wanted me to say that. <laughs> All right, so, the first part, which is the ancient art of healing, the ancient priestess art, or medicine woman art, or wise woman art of healing. What this is, is that for as long as humanity existed, we have been co-creating with the plants for our health and nourishment or thriving. And this is something, this knowledge of which herbs to work with, for which ailments or not just ailments, but just in general, you know, for thriving life, in every stage of life for the children, different stuff than for, for women, for men, for the elders. If something happened, there was a herb or this beautiful um, potion that these ancient feminine healers knew and made to help support their own bodies and those of the ones that they loved, their community. And as I said, this is as old as time, right? Forever that we know this has been an art that has been taught from mother to daughter to mother to daughter and so on i will not say that there won't there wasn't any men who knew the art of healing of course they were um but in the majority if we trace and look at the history as far back as the recorded history at least when we look at that we see that it was a feminine art most predominantly, it was a feminine art. And even today, in Hollywood, and, you know, movies about the ancient times, if we see a healer, tending to the sacred herbs, it would be women still today, that is an idea that is a, that is like a vision that is that is kept, that is kept pure, right. And so what we need today is to reclaim that. And why I am speaking to about reclaiming that is because today when we say medicine woman, especially in the more spiritual communities, right? In the spiritual communities, when we hear the word medicine woman, most often it is linked to people who work with specific DMT containing plants like ayahuasca or San Pedro or mushrooms, like all of that stuff, right? Those are seen as the medicine people. And when we say medicine woman, most often than not, what people mean are women from Peru or Colombia, right? Latin America, or maybe also shaman women from Siberia, uh, like more of those places. But when it comes to here Belgium, like a true or I'm I'm speaking from Belgium, maybe you're tuning in from somewhere else, right? The West, wherever, you know? A true Western medicine woman, when we envision that, often people will just be do like a replica of the Peruvian ones or the Latin American ones, right? Working with their colors, their beautifully woven tapestries. And there was nothing wrong with that right don't don't misunderstand me i'm not criticizing that i think it's incredibly brave of the indigenous peoples from the rainforest that they're coming out after years and years of colonization and sharing their deepest most sacred ceremonies with the west i think it's incredibly brave and it should be honored so highly which i do But the thing that within me is like, "Mm, there is something that is not completely right here. That is that many people from the West just copy paste and they're like, okay, I want to be a medicine woman. So um, these are medicine women. I can see them very clearly. So I'm just going to replicate whatever they're doing. And then I will call myself a medicine woman. What I am inviting you to do as a Western woman is to reclaim the medicine woman from your lineage, right? From the Celtic, Druidic lineage. Because medicine women were everywhere, everywhere. It, It was just like a part of society for such a long time, like I said, until the burning times in the Middle Ages and even afterwards medicine women were women women were medicine women so we don't need to go so far into the rainforest or Africa right and like deep into Africa there is also this still this vibrant culture around medicine women or medicine men as well right we don't necessarily need to do that. We can do that and it can be incredibly fun and beautiful to do that. But also we can remember that actually we have a huge history and we're sitting on this gold mine of incredible traditions from the medicine woman, from the priestesses, from the wise women of our own, bloodline. And so what I feel so strongly is that our ancestors are whispering to us. They're whispering to us on the wind, asking us to reawaken that part within us that is indigenous to our own culture. And in this way, we honor our ancestors. We honor the line, the bloodline that we come from and we heal it as well. We heal so much of the oppression that happened to the women in ancient times through reclaiming the ones that are our bloodline, right? The ones that are our heritage. And it gets to be an and-and conversation, right? It gets to be and-and. You get to be inspired by the Peruvian, whatever, um, right? Latin America or whomever. indigenous cultures that you really inspired by and you get to reclaim your own beautiful beautiful heritage and with that I also want to say that within me and my work there is a huge um, mission and just, love for reclaiming the medicine from the the regular plants right especially the weeds right what well, clover is considered as a weed so is nettles so is burdock so is yarrow So it's plantain, right? Not the banana plantain, but but the the herb plantain, right? There are so many, quote unquote, weeds today that are um, dismissed as not important. But what I've noticed within myself and within my clients as well is that actually, when we work with these beautiful plants, these soft and yet super powerful healing plants on a daily basis, they are just as powerful as the more DMT-containing plants. And you know what the beauty of it all is? That we don't need to go so hardcore to look for our wisdom. Because doing too many, and that's like a personal opinion, and if I'm going to trigger some people with that, I'm really sorry, but it's just, that's my opinion, take it or leave it. But doing many medicine journeys after another and not really taking the time to integrate it, to land it into the body and into the earth, it's not really building the new age. I'm sorry, but it's just not. It's actually feeding a really um, distorted business empire that is pr- profiting from indigenous cultures and indigenous lands of the rainforest. And also on a personal level, getting activation, 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 but never taking the time to rest, land, integrate, ground, that what i'm feeling right now intuitively is like the heart i'm feeling the heart and i think it's hard on the heart to carry that you know when we're taking dmt containing plants it's actually a kind of poison and it can be incredibly powerful like I've done it and maybe one of these days I will do it again I'm not right now I'm really not feeling the call I'm actually feeling the call to work on it steady and slowly with the herbal plants the soft weeds um, right like red clover or so but taking that time to ground it in is so essential for building the new earth for actually grounding all the wisdom that we've received from the plant realm, grounding it into the body, into the lifestyle, into the community. And that is something that as a medicine woman or a priestess, that is something that she would do more. Often right now, there is also this idea that a priestess would go on these big initiations these really hardcore trainings and all that but actually the majority of the time of a priestess was daily devotion daily devotion things that i think to our modern super active lifestyle would even even be like a pretty boring life (laughs) and then once in a while there was this big initiation in sync with the time of the year, right? With the festivals, for example, at the Bialtana fires, there would be a beautiful initiation or a ritual or at Soen or like the, the festivals of the year to celebrate that there would be something big, but in between it would be grounding. It will be daily devotion. And especially I'm thinking like feeling into that Celtic lineage that I'm speaking to right now. It is a very earthly it's a very earthly and grounded lineage as well, right? Earth, air, and water are like the, th- the three big ones that they work with. And I feel that right now what we need is we need to ground it. We need to connect with that earth, not just from a state of like um, ideology, but physically, physically. And connecting with the earth on a physical level in the lineage of the medicine woman or the priestesses, would be through daily devotion, through daily tending to the herb garden, or working with daily plant medicine, plant teas. And I call them plant medicine teas because they're medicine as well. And it's about reclaiming the power of that medicine, right? So I'm going to take a little sip. <laughs> It's funny because whenever I decide to record um, a podcast episode, a solo one, I have these um, big components that I know, like, okay, that's what I want to receive and then I just open up my channel and things start flowing out and I like sometimes a little surprised but mm, okay I didn't know that was gonna wanted to come out and so mm, I'm thinking right like mm, I didn't know I wanted to go like that hardcore into <laughs> these topics so soon but when we trust we trust, you know, At the beginning of my podcast episodes, I do a little prayer and I speak it out into being. I call on my guides and I ask them, I offer my body, I offer my voice to them and I allow them to speak through me and to guide me. You know, of course, only the things that are in love and the highest good of all beings everywhere and then I just let it flow. And so when we co-create in that way, it's always interesting. We, we surprise ourselves with what comes out. <laughs> but this is the priest's path, right? It's so much bigger than us. It's so much bigger than just the individual with the ego that likes to be perceived as a nice person or a loved person or whatever. You know, it's bigger than that. It's it's coming from the heart. It's coming from the soul. Um, it's coming from this co-creation. So Anyway, let's go into the second piece, which is about healing the fear program that is installed in women and um, about reclaiming this inner medicine woman, this inner wise woman, this inner priestess. So as we all know, (laughs) during the dark ages, a lot of the wise women were burned at the stake. It wasn't all wise women, because right now there is also this idea to, and I think because uh, that um, it was only wise women that were burned at the stake. And I think that this idea, why, why they believe it's only that is because In Instagram and stuff, we get a lot of our information through social media, um, which is really good, and I do it myself, but trying to take a very complicated subject and pouring it into this snappy, quick, catchy um, Instagram post, of course, the depth and the nuance is lost, right? Most, mostly. Right, not always. Depending also on what you're saying, how you're saying it, but most of the time there's not much room for nuance. And even I do it, you know. And and I I don't. It's not criticizing Instagram because I love Instagram. I love social media. I love the way that that is evolving and how we are humans are co-creating in that way. But what I just wanted to say for this podcast episode, which is more lengthy and we can go more in depth, is that there is this belief that during the burning times, during the witch burning times in the middle ages, it was only wise women that were burnt, but that's not true. That's not true. It is true that it was mostly women that were burnt. So for if we look at this, the numbers, for every 50 people that got burnt, it was one man and nine, uh, 49 women. So men got burned as well. But when we look at the numbers, right one in 50 is a man all the others are women then we can we can say like yes it was it was an attack on the feminine gender right the feminine beings the feminine spirit as well because at that time it was all about destabilizing the power that the mother goddess had the pagan mother goddess so that the masculine wodenus god could take its place right or could take her place so it's definitely an attack on women that happened but when we look into the records and look at the listings of the occupations there were wise women and depending also on where you look in Europe it will be more wise women or less wise women so for example in Italy it will be more wise women than for example in France where it might be different you know or and also at that time Not everyone had a profession listed, right? So even if the women that got burned were wise women, maybe they wouldn't see themselves as that way because they just thought that it was a normal thing to do, right? Healing with herbs and ritual and calling upon the, 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 the help of their spirit guides. That was just a regular thing to do. That was completely normal. And so they might not have seen it in... A different way but then of course through the lens of the inquisition that was a demonic thing and they got burnt but they weren't necessarily wise women or perceived as such or at least not written in the history books so I just wanted to give that little nuance not to dismiss what it happened not at all but to open up our understanding a little bit more of how things went during that time which is something that I think it's um it's probably like we're we're never going to understand like how it's possible to burn so many people Although right now we're also doing it in a way, it's just you know for a different, if you ask the Middle East, there's still a lot of burning going on, just not at the stake, just from the sky. Um, anyway, I'm not going to go into politics that much. I, w- I, w- I will stick to feminine history or her story because that's more my zone of genius. Now, what I wanted to say with this and why I wanted to bring it into this episode is that the witch burnings, the women that were burnt at that time, that has left a huge trauma in the feminine lineage that the majority of the women today have not consciously healed. And right now... There is more and more research being done on the body and trauma and how the body holds trauma. If you're already on your path of, healing and self-help you probably heard of the book the body keeps score or maybe there's like the book the book the waking tiger where they're talking about somatic body therapy where they're really going to look into the body to heal trauma from the body and not so much the mind which is talk therapy because the, the newest research on that, on trauma, actually shows that it's more beneficial to heal it through the body instead of just the mind. Because when we speak about it, we're just reliving it. And not always the truth. Our mind is very creative. So our mind can jabber on and create stuff and shift stuff that might feel very real to our body. But in reality, different stuff has happened. And so the body is much more um, trustworthy to know what is real and what is not real. And that is just by looking at how the body is responding. And so in the newest research that that they're doing, they're seeing that actually when trauma happened to a generation and that generation hasn't worked on it to actively heal it, shift it, transform it, alchemize it, turning that pain into a gift or of wisdom. When they haven't done that, they're transmuting it or giving it to the next generation. And even deeper on a deeper level, when it comes to the feminine body and the womb, new research is showing. And I think this is something that the ancient priestesses knew but the new research is now catching up and showing that a womb that is traumatized or a womb that belongs to a woman that is traumatized or has trauma in her lineage that hasn't been resolved, she actually gives that on to the fetus when it's still in the womb. And so when this happens generation upon generation upon generation, and it's not actively healed, that leaves thraces. That leaves leaves traces and fears and traumatic um, expressions that come from a place of the deep subconscious from a DNA level that most of us are not conscious about. And we might not know why we're so afraid. And so especially when it comes to, as a woman, speaking out, speaking your truth, being completely honest, being super honest about your intuition, about how you work with, let's say, your guides, that is for many, and maybe for you as well, still a scary thing to do, right? Maybe there is like a desire to be speaking about this and so that you can then step up into let's say your soul business if that's your thing and become a healer and that requires you to speak out but if there's like this subconscious fear of speaking that you have never resolved it becomes very hard and so an analogy that I could use to explain this is let's say that you're in a kayak right, you're in a kayak in the middle of a lake, and the lake is pretty calm, right, and that lake is pretty calm, and so it's pretty easy to kayak in a calm lake, right, there is not much that is pushing you around, and you can pretty much go wherever you want to go, and you have a paddle, but instead of paddling with it, your paddle is nicely tucked with your legs, and you know, the other one on the other side next to you, and you're paddling with your arms, you're paddling with your arms. And when people come by with their paddles and they're saying like, hey, why aren't you paddling with your paddle? That could be so much faster. And you're just like messing around, but with your arms, that's not useful. Just use your paddle. But you, whenever you hold that paddle, your whole body kind of flinches and contracts and gets very afraid and scared and you have no idea why. But you have that like, whenever you hold that pedal, everything just kind of like blocks and it doesn't want to move like there's like, it's unsafe, there's like an alarm going off in your body and it's not good. So you know what, you're just not going to use your paddle, even though you think it might go faster with the paddle, it doesn't feel safe. So you're just paddling on with your hands kind of like mm, going very slow and not really straight and right, not very um, in, a, in a handy kind of way. But what you wouldn't know or what is happening subconscious is that maybe in the past or generations before, whenever you held a pedal, you got slapped or in the past that happened. And so subconsciously, your body started to connect that pedal with being hurt. And that is why your body is reacting in that way. And so when you would then do the healing work on that pedal, knowing that actually it wasn't that pedal that was the problem, it was the situation, and you kind of healed it through the body in a somatic way, and then you would be safe again to use your paddle, and you could pedal through the lake being at peace and being happy and maybe then you might be enjoying the lake enjoying the views instead of suffering because you're with your hands and it's like oh my god I don't know <laughs> right or I'm not I'm afraid to use and blah. You, now you have all this space to look around to enjoy to go catch up with your friends to have a laugh right enjoy and so in this analogy The lake would be our society because right now in Western society, it's very safe for a woman to speak her truth. It is very safe to be the weirdest healer priestess that you want to be. And, you know, it's very safe to do that. Many people have very successful businesses doing that, me including, right? So it's, it's very safe. No one's going to get you. So that's the lake. It's a calm lake where you're free to go wherever you want to go. The pedal Represents your voice speaking your truth, right? Because when you use your voice and you speak your truth, the direction that you can go into is very powerful, and you can go very fast, right? There's there's so many books, so many stuff written on the power of the voice. Let's just talk about the word amen, right? Aramaic amen is like. As we speak, so it is. Like, there's so much power in the voice. And if we trace back the, all the lineage, all the mystery lineages, there's always, this always comes back, always comes back. Your word creates your reality. So when you use your voice freely, in truth, with whatever is in your heart, right? And you do that openly, you can go wherever you want to go. But when there is this fear that maybe in this life and definitely in the past life, when speaking your truth was dangerous, right? Especially for our our grandmothers back in the time when the inquisition was looking for women to burn. And they were especially looking for women who had houses, who had lots of wealth so that they could then, steal the wealth because the inquisition it wasn't just about getting the demon getting rid of the demon it was about greed it was about getting the power of the women the um, power that they had as a spokesperson as a wise woman as a counsel to the to the whole group but also the power that they had through their houses their grounds right all of that material wealth as well so it, would, it was it was stealing the power in all ways and so when that happened and women were not um, safe anymore to speak their truth to openly pray to their goddess to heal in the way that they were used to that they've learned for so many hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years and that wasn't safe anymore to do so, that then created this somatic trauma on the truth. And so right now, if you are afraid to make that Instagram post saying that Uh, thing when you're with a client and you hear something from a voice that you know is a beneficial voice you know it's a good spirit but you're afraid to say anything about it because maybe or it just feels on it feels not safe to do so Well, I believe that that really stems from that time of the burnings. And so when we go in and we alchemize those fears that are rooted in the trope, but also in different aspects of our life, but especially in the trope with with many women, it's especially here that it's linked. um, When we heal that, we then open up again and we take back the pedal into our hands and we take back the command over our life, right? And we heal the past and the future of the feminine in generations and this work is it's I speak about the truth but of course it's also the womb energetic or physical but if you still have a physical womb and you want to bring in a new generation right you want to bring in a baby when you do that from a womb that has worked through this trauma your daughter or son will not carry it with them anymore right? It's so beautiful. And it's not to put pressure on you like, oh my God, you need to do that. And if you don't, you're a bad mother. Not at all. Not at all. Right? We get so many chances in this life. We get so many chances. So many. Endless. Every moment is a new chance. But what I'm saying is that it is important to do this work. It is important to do this work. And In my work, I speak about this. I do speak about this because often in some of the new age spiritual communities, there's kind of like this bypassing going on where it's like, oh, but I'm not going to speak about trauma because then it's just creating that trauma and I don't want that. So I'm not going to speak about it at all. I'm going to ignore it. With within my work, I always try to keep the balance. Right on the one hand, we need to address this trauma because if we don't, it just festers and it continues to um, live in the subconscious and hijacking our direction that we want to go to our desire. Right, but also, of course, we don't want to go over it and we don't want to like spend weeks and weeks and weeks in circle weeping because something happened to us I mean yeah I get it but something happens to everybody and also you know we work through it we heal it with compassion with divine love right mother mary kind of level of compassion we heal that we work on it we alchemize it love but also we know when the work is done And then we take the step and then it's just about doing it. You're never going to heal the fear of speaking out. If it's just you alone in your room, doing your meditations. It happens through communion. It happens through stepping up to being in circle, to using your voice, to speaking out and realizing If you're in a really nice, beautiful community that is held in a high frequency, realizing that you're actually celebrated when you do that, you're not persecuted, you're celebrated because that is today. That is possible today. Our ancestors did kick-ass work already. And now it's up to us to do the deeper layers, to heal the deeper layers and to thrive because then we really give gratitude to our brave, brave, brave grandmothers that have already done so much work, right? And we say thank you to them by being even more spectacular or maybe not more spectacular because they already were spectacular, right? But just like... <clears throat> embracing it embracing it fullheartedly and going after that dream or those dreams <laughs> if there's multiple right and so of course if you really want to go and heal this in a way that i said where it's in perfect balance or i mean perfect balance is quite high setting the bar quite high but that's that's me <laughs> I set the bar high. Um, anyway, no, like in a compassionate way as well. <laughs> um, right. But if you want to heal that fear of speaking up and you feel this attraction, please come enjoy Wise Woman Rising. Because in there, we go in deep with that. I'm bringing in beautiful sister priestess elsa god um elsa goddess elsa field (laughs) she is a goddess she is a goddess elsa field who is all who is incredible in facilitating healing journeys through sound and of course like when we play harmonic sound and when we go into these sound rituals that restores the harmony within our chakras as well it's really really powerful And so we're bringing in Elsa Field. I'm going to do even more in-depth, beautiful work on the lineage of the feminine, right? The grandmothers and invite you to do work on your lineage. And so if you want to work with us, please come and join this beautiful um, circle of sisters that is gathering already. And then for now, I'm going to go over into the last part, which is opening your priestess healing channel. So now that we've spoken about how ancient it is and what kind of goldmine that we're sitting on, and we've also spoken about the darker times the times where where we were where it was taking away from us and now we're reclaiming it we're reclaiming our power and now we get to fully with more understanding because we went into the dark we get to go into the light with more understanding more space and more capacity for love as the priestess healers of contemporary times the now and the first thing so i'm just gonna give you two practices that you can do right now you can start to do uh, that will help to open up your priestess healer channel which already exists within you as i said in the beginning because you are listening and receiving this transmission so it's already there the blueprint is there the architecture is there all you need to do is do practices on a daily or by daily, weekly um, way, whatever suits works for you. And so that you can hone that power that exists within you and you can develop it and strengthen it and anchor it into the here and the now. And the first exercise is trusting your feminine intuition. When we work with the mind, the heart, and the womb, this Trinity, all in co-creation, we activate our intuition and our deep, deep, deep and profound knowledge and we get to use it for whatever we want, right? And in this um, sense or for the purpose of this episode, we get to use it for healing. And so what I feel is important to, I'm just, I'm going to start with first saying a little example of my own practice. And then we're going to decode that example so that you understand like what I mean and where we kind of get to look at and be aware of and, you know, get to build on. So I have a massage practice, right? I have a massage practice and my specialty is womb massage um, womb awakening massage, right? And so I love massaging people, even like the the full body, right? Just full body relaxation massage. I love it so so much. In my training, they have always said like just follow the steps, and don't deviate from the path. <laughs> surprise, surprise! I guess like that's what they always tell us: like stay within the lines don't color outside of the box. Just repeat what I say and don't do anything creative, (laughs) right? And then, then, right, in my study as well, they say like, oh, if you you deviate from that path, it's going to be very like dramatic and you're going to hurt the person. So don't, don't do anything wrong, right? They make us very afraid to follow our intuition and just follow the steps, right? Now, when I'm massaging somebody, And I'm feeling something because the body never lies. As I said, the body never lies. And when you've activated also the the chakras in your hands, the healing chakras in your hands, because it's not just the seven, it's like also like on so many levels in the hands as well. When you've activated them and you're working on somebody's body, you can feel it. You can feel like "Mm, there's something here that wants to be worked on. And so what I do is I intuitively feel what the person needs for example with this one lady at the base of her womb i felt there was something and i was working on it but then i heard very loudly this intuition that said softer softer and so i i massaged with the techniques right and i massaged but very very soft And my human self was like, oh my God, she's going to hate this. This is so soft. She's probably going to think like, oh, she's probably laying there like, oh, why did I pay for this? This is so soft. Like, oh, what a bad massage. Like that was my mind thinking, right? But my intuition said, no, very soft, very gentle. There is stuff going on here and she, this is healing her, but you need to go soft. Because too hard will feel oppressive and she won't, that won't, that won't do any good. Right. So that happened afterwards when I, when I were sitting face to face here on my desk and I asked her like, how was it? She said like, oh, that was so perfect. And just, you know, the level of touch was just right. Like it was just right. I feel like if it would have been more, I wouldn't be able to handle it. so it was so amazing and it was so healing. I was like, oh, okay, my intuition got that right. Another example where as well, like I was working and then I fell in the middle, like that muscle that she really kind of wanted to be lifted up. Like she wanted to be lifted and really like nice and firm, like do the whole one back and forth. And so I did that. And that's not even a technique that I learned. That was just like intuitively. I felt like, okay, this, she needs this. She needs this. And afterwards as well right? She told me like, wow, that was amazing. That was the best massage ever. And um, the reason why the most common um, feedback that I get from my massages is that's the best massage I've ever had. And I kid you not. And I'm not even that experienced, right? I'm not even like, I'm only doing this for like half a year or so. And I'm already getting that um, feedback from almost everybody. Like, Almost everybody, and I'm not just saying that to be cool, I'm saying that because it's truthful and it's honest. And if you know me, you know that I don't lie, and <laughs> I'm a very truthful person. It is because I listen to my intuition, because I trust that I am working as a priestess, I am fully open in my healing channel when I am working with my clients. And so I trust that when I receive information, like I'm tapping into this field, I am setting the field as well. And I'm tapping into the field of the highest, most loving healing massage that this person can receive or whatever, you know, also in um, coaching and whatever, that I trust that the messages I receive are the messages from the higher self of this person and I facilitate. And that is why it is so powerful. That is why it has such a great effect on them, and why they love it so much to receive it, because it's pure. It's true. It's not me, Sarah, trying to be the best one. It's me, Sarah, tuning in to the higher self of this person, and receiving messages, and then just being of service. And that is the truth in being a priestess, healer, a wise woman, a medicine woman. That is the truth. It's not about the ego. It's not about being the best. It's about listening, opening up the intuition and trusting that the messages that you receive are the truth are what needs to be given. And so the next time you practice something, um, if you don't want to go into your, or with your clients, like just with your clients, the next time you receive an intuitive message, words, something that you need to do, do it. Do it. If it comes from love and it's not harmful, do it. This is your power. This is what, you know, this is what women have been training for for such a long time. This is what priestess trainings are about. It's about opening up that intuitive channel. And so if you feel into it, execute it, go for it, use it. It's your power. It is your feminine intuitive power. And then lastly, the last beautiful practice that you can do and start doing from today is to co-create with the plants, with the wisdom of the plants, with the spirit of the plants. And as I said before, in the beginning, I advise you to work with the weeds the common weeds, because they are incredibly nourishing. They are the master healers by far. They have such an ancient history with the humans of co-creation, of assisting us in daily health and well-being. And that is also how healing with plants works. In the modern scientific tradition, it's all about fast, quick, hardcore, raging war on disease going in very fast, very effectively so, and not really caring about the side damage that you make. In the wise woman tradition, in the tradition that we are speaking into right now and that you're opening up within you, it is about working on the long-term and supporting the body, your body, your children's body, your lover's body, your mother, sister, client's body, right? Supporting your people on the long-term with soft and gentle and beneficial nourishing herbs that won't do any harm if you take too much, that won't do any side effects that damage, you know? If you drink Red Clover because it's really good for the heart and the hormones, it's not going to do harm to the liver. It's not. It's going to be helpful for the liver because it's cleansing. That's the amazing part about it, right? If if you're going to work with um, lemon balm to calm the nervous system, it's not going to do any harm to the stomach. Actually, it's also going to work on the stomach and the digestive system, right? And that's the beauty of working with whole plants on the long term is that you support your full body, all of the systems, all of the systems on the long term to thrive. To thrive. And I'm not saying like ditch scientific studies altogether in the scientific tradition. Don't ever use their their medicine. No, of course not. If if you have an open wound and there is an effect infection on it, take antibiotics. Of course, like you don't want your, you don't want your leg to be severed because you don't want to take antibiotics and you're just going to put a poultice on it with, um, plantain, which is what they might've done in ancient times. Right now we have antibiotics. It will be interesting to use it for those kind of purposes. And then afterwards, kind of, when you know that you've taken a lot of anti, um, like bacterial stuff and and it's not so good for the microbiome okay then work with um uh, i'm thinking burdock or uh part of the bloom it's in english it's um dandelion root right to help and restore that microbiome a bit you know but of course like it's a co-creation but when we're looking at working on the long-term Working with these soft plants is like the best option ever. Why? Because that's how our bodies are literally evolved. That's how they've evolved. It was our daily nourishment that was our primary healing, our primary nourishment, beneficial, amazing tools. And that's also so beautiful. Like right now, if you're still drinking sodas or whatever, try and swap them for um, homemade teas and don't buy the bags they don't work even those yogi ba- bags with uh, the nice little quotes on them i like the quotes but i hate the tea cuz it's like it's no if you just try this you know if you don't don't believe me experiment yourself buy um bags of tea let's say linden buy a bag of linden tea and then buy Freshly dried linden tea, or go and harvest it yourself in an ethical way. I have on YouTube a video about ethical harvesting. Go watch that to do it in an ethical way. Harvest it. Um, Right now, linden is actually in bloom. So if you're in the West, um, go for it, right? Set your tea with linden and then make the tea with a tea bag and let it sit for the same amount of time, like so that it's honest. (laughs) And then drink from both like for 15 minutes, that's when you, when you want to use herbs for their medicinal purposes, let it sit for at least 15 minutes. I actually do overnight, but whatever. And then drink and taste the difference. You will taste the difference. You will taste the difference. And you'll be like, okay, yeah, I'm going to work with (laughs) dried herbs or maybe the herbs that I forest myself, all that. And then knowing which herbs to work with for which purposes well that is very personal so everybody is different and it's not just because it's not because this one plant is really good for this person or is in the research notified for or or is known for um being very good for specific purposes in the body if you're drinking it and you get nauseous or you don't right? It's not nice. Or you think it's so disgusting that you really like need to force it down. I don't, I'm not a believer in forcing the teas down because there are so many plants, like literally insane amount of plants available that we get to work with the ones that are healing and are delicious to us. Like we have that freedom and we don't need to force ourselves to drink disgusting things because it's supposed to be healthy. No, health gets to be fun. And if it's fun, it actually serves for the long-term. So it's even more healthy because you can sustain it, right? And so sustaining is more important than short-term healthy stuff, right? And then choosing which plant to work with can be done on a very intuitive way, a very beautiful way where you just tune in and you open up your channel and you ask a plant to show itself to you. And then all of a sudden in your walks, you will see this plant and you might not notice it at first and you will walk and you will see it. And then you will park your car somewhere and you will get out and there'll be that plant again. And then you will be somewhere else. And then, oh, oh my God. And this plant even grows in my garden. Crazy. Crazy well if that happens download this app on your phone there are many apps plant snap kind of things where you take a picture of the of the plant and then the app tells you which plant it is download that app put it on your phone take a picture of that plant and 9 out of 10 in my case it's plants that we get to eat that we get to consume so all the weeds is it's insane like i for example there's this um there are some, some friends of mine are afraid that um, that we're going to, you know, if, if the whole system, because our food comes from overseas and so far, and if the whole system collapses, we, we will starve. Well, if you're a medicine woman, and if you know all about which weeds are really good for what in your body and highly nourishing, you're not going to be afraid of starving anymore because it's insane how much food that our beautiful earth mama has provided for her children. It's everywhere, right? And so if you steadily and slowly get to know the plants that grow around you in the wild, and then you get to cultivate the ones that you really love and you want to work with on a deeper level, that's good. You're going to be able to nourish yourself and your family, and you're going to pick up the thread of the women that used to do it for centuries, like not even centuries, since the beginning of human time right and so that is a way of working with it intuitively and I mean I could say so much more about it and I'm going to in the training wise woman rising which is like a seven week beautiful beautiful training that goes much much deeper on all these topics and where we're going to work also with incredible incredible healing plans from the celtic lands and so especially if you have celtic lineage you're going to learn so much um, from it but even if you don't have a celtic lineage and you just really feel like this is your space please feel free to come to check it out. There's, there's a link in the description box for more information and to enroll. And it will be my honor to have you present all the information of what, when, how much, and all of that is in that webpage. And so check it out if you have any questions message me personally. And please do let me know what was your biggest takeaway from this beautiful episode. And thank you so, so much for listening. Uh, it was an honor. And yeah, I love speaking about this knowledge. I love the plants so much. And I'm so happy that you love them too. And that you're ready to awaken that inner priestess healer within you because I just feel the grandmother sitting around us at the other side of the veil and just cheering us on for our bravery and our beauty and our devotion and our love. So yeah, thank you for tuning in and see you in another episode. Bye. I want to thank you for listening to this episode, my love. If you feel inspired to work with me on a deeper level, then I invite you to check out my offers on my website, wildrosemysteryschool.com, or through Instagram, where you can find me as deuce.sarah. And for now, sending you much love and cyclical bliss. Bye-bye.